0: From Parkway Church in Karana, this is the Parkway Podcast. Our prayer is that this message blesses and encourages you today as you listen. If you would like to know more information on who we are as a church, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com. I want to take a moment just before we really get into this, I want to pray. A number of you have brought in prayer requests, and we just want you to know that we're praying over that, those we meet on Wednesdays. On Zoom and you can join in for that and we just pray for different needs, um, especially in this time. Um, I don't want to mention specific names because this is online and I haven't asked for permission but just want you to know that if you sent in a request, um, we are praying for you. So would you just bow your heads with me as we pray in this in this format. Father You are holy. You are good. You are loving. You are the creator of all things. You're the sustainer of life and we just bless your name And God, we open ourselves right now to Your Word, to what You want to say, God, in our hearts and in our minds. Would You speak, God, as I speak, give me clarity of thought. But ultimately, Lord, would You just open hearts to receive the Word that You're going to speak to them this morning. God, we want to receive from You, God, and we know that... That church, God, even though we're meeting in our different homes, God, we're not bound by walls, Lord, but we can gather in spirit. So Holy Spirit, move this morning as only You can, and be honored by our worship, be honored by our reception and our openness to to what You're doing this morning. We bless You, Father. We give You glory. We give You praise. We think of those God that are in need right now, Lord, and You know the different needs that are represented, God. This morning, God, we just pray, God, that You just move in power and move in grace, God, providing as only You can. In the name of Christ Jesus, we. Bless Bless you, Father. We thank you for your love, God, and we just again give you this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, We uh, we have someone that's connected to our church, and I'm not going to mention their name because you may be watching, but they have a lot of tropical plants, like really nice, big, beautiful tropical plants, the kind that have really fancy names. I think actually all plants have fancy names that you can't pronounce, you know? But, but really, really nice ones. The kinds that you have to keep in, in, in the summertime, you keep outside. But the rest of the months, you have to bring indoors because they're made for you know, the tropics. And they came to me and they said, hey, last year, you know, can we bring some to the church? Because we don't have enough room in our house for all these plants. And I was like, sure, absolutely. Well, you know, I'd love to see some green. And the day came, they were bringing them. And I saw them and I'm just like, uh, because they were huge. I'm like, this is not going to work. Is not gonna work, but listen, I'll take some because we could use a little dose of green in our house. Um, we can use a little, a little uh, uh, plant life in our house. We don't have like any plants. We are not plant people, so we took. We got like a hibiscus tree in our house now, growing in our in our living room. We have a number of small palms. You can see one on on my. On my left here, you right here. Um, we have a number of different plants. There were some that we couldn't take because they were they were too big, but they were poisonous to cats, and we have a cat. And I really debated, you know, maybe this is my opportunity, plant or cat, but you know, obviously that's just not a nice thing to do. So we said, hey, we can't take those. But we got these plants now. Now again, the thing is, we are we are not plant people. We don't really have a green thumb, we don't do plants well and so I was a little nervous and I said, listen, um, this is who we are and they said, that's fine, listen, take care of the big tree, make sure the tree's good because that's my baby and if something happens to the other ones, it's okay. Sure enough, um, we've been taking care of the big tree, it's going good, we've been trying to take care of all of them um, but I'm pretty sure we've killed two. Here's the good news. They know we've been keeping them up to date. Um, again, you can see this one here. You can't see the one over here. Um, that's not looking so good. But but as I was pulling off the, the dead palm branches off of these, off of these palm trees, I've given them to our kids because you know, because of COVID-19, they're not in school. So we'll go for a family walk and they're collecting twigs and, and branches and, and 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 whatnot. And they're playing in the backyard. And so I give them these palm branches, these dead palm branches, because I'm like something for them to do and they're running around the backyard waving them, and it really reminds me and reminded me of what today represents. Today is Palm Sunday in the Christian church calendar. What is Palm Sunday? I'm so glad that you asked from your PJs in the comfort of your own home. Palm Sunday has nothing to do with the palm of your hand. Palm Sunday is the last day of Lent, and it's the day that the church commemorates Jesus' triumphal entry into the city of Jerusalem, The week before Passover, the week before he would be crucified. Now, what do I mean by that? Let me just back up a little bit. Before Jesus sat down with the disciples and had the Last Supper, right, before he was betrayed at that moment by Judas, before he was arrested and brought before the Sahandrin and they. And they humiliated him and accused him before they brought him before Pontius Pilate. And he was tried and sentenced before he was flogged and beaten and his flesh was torn. And he carried the cross uphill to the place of Gilgotha before he was um, uh, crucified as a criminal between two criminals. Before all of that, on this day, one week before all that happened, he was worshipped by the Jewish crowds as a coming king. He was worshiped as the Messiah that was prophesied about, the rescuer that would come and deliver it, um, Israel out of oppression, um, that they believed would set up an earthly throne and an earthly kingdom and overthrow Roman rule. Now, I just want to read you a scripture from John chapter 12, if, um, just to give you some context for that. If you have a Bible, um, you can t- turn it to John chapter 12. If you're watching on a laptop, and you don't have a Bible near you, you can go to BibleGateway.com and just type in John chapter 12, open up your phone. Likely, you all have a phone near you, a smartphone, because that's just the day and age we live in. So, John chapter 12, um, we're going to start at verse, verse 12 as well, but I want to give you a little context for this um, before we read. So Jesus just healed, or sorry, Jesus just raised a man from the dead. He raised Lazarus from the dead. This guy had been dead for four days. He was getting crusty in the tomb, and Jesus came and raised him from the dead. And then Jesus was sitting, having a meal with his family, uh, Lazarus's family, his sisters, and the crowds were catching wind that Jesus did something powerful. He raised someone from the dead, and so they're coming to see him. They're coming to see Lazarus, and that is where we pick up the story in John chapter 12. It says the next day the great crowd that had come for the festival that's the passover festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem and they took palm branches and went out to meet him shouting hosanna blessed is the he who comes in the name of the lord blessed is the king of israel jesus found a young donkey and he sat on it as it is written Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming seated on a donkey's colt. So that was a prophecy um, years ago before Jesus walked um, on the earth. At first the disciples did not understand this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize all these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees, verse 19, So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. Now this is, this is quite the contrast, because one week here today on the Palm Sunday, he's worshipped as a king, the next he's crucified as a criminal. One week, the crowds are shouting, Hosanna, please save us. That's what Hosanna means. It means deliver us. It's a shout of praise. Blessed is the king of Israel. The next, they're yelling, crucify him, kill him. One week, they're laying down their coats, they're taking palm branches and putting them down. The next week, they're hurling insults. Like This is a fickle crowd, right? This is a, this is a flip-flopping crowd. These are bandwagon jumpers. Now, why palm branches? Laying coats down and laying palm branches on the ground was a symbolic way for people to honor Jesus as a king. When a king or a conquering ruler would come into a city, um, the people, in order to welcome the king into the city, would take off their coats and lay them on the ground, and take palm branches and lay them on the ground, and basically roll out the red carpet as a welcome mat to the new coming king. Now here's here's what's happened here. The Jewish people, the people of Israel, were under oppressive Roman rule. The Romans ruled the area. They, the Israelites, were subject to the Roman rule and they longed to be delivered. And if you look throughout their history, that longing can really be seen throughout the history. Now they had expectations, keyword expectations, look at somebody, nudge them and say expectations. They had expectations based off of what they'd been told. These prophecies of a coming king, of a conquering ruler who would come, a Messiah who would deliver them once and for all from all of the oppression they've experienced. They had expectations also based off what they had experienced in Jesus. They had seen these powerful miracles displayed. So they had expected that Jesus was the conquering ruler, that he was going to come as the, as the Messiah prophesied about, the king, established an earthly throne, and really usher in a kingdom that would overthrow the Roman rule, the ones that they had understood. Now, what they failed to understand was that was not the way and the kind of kingdom that Jesus was coming in to establish. And when Jesus failed their expectations, you know, they worshipped him on that one day. When Jesus had failed their expectations, they followed the religious leaders and they crucified him a week later. You know, expectations can really trip us up. I I don't know if you've ever had high expectations only to have your reality fall short of that. You know, maybe it's the expectations you placed on your marriage. Maybe it's the expectations you had of your family. Maybe it's the expectations you had of your job. You know, you were you were brought into the job and you were promised things, and then it just you didn't see those come to fruition. Maybe it's the expectations you had of your finances. You know, of your future, of your health. I know I had expectations for 2020. I think we all did. 2020 is supposed to be clear, perfect vision, right? 2020, of the year is a new decade, and 2020 has fallen short of our expectations. See, the problem occurs, or the problem often occurs, is when we pin our happiness on the fulfillment of those expectations. And that's not necessarily wrong, as long as we have good reason to believe that the fulfillment of those expectations will make us happy, right? If this occurs, I'll feel whole. If this happens, I'll I'll feel happy. I'll feel touched. Life will be good. You know, I expect ice cream cake to, to make me feel happy, and it does. It's delicious. I don't expect, or I have very low expectations, that fruitcake will make me feel happy. Sometimes, though, we have unrealistic expectations. All right, we can expect too much from a person who is imperfect, who is bound to make mistakes. Sometimes we expect the wrong thing based off of incorrect information or incorrect interpretation of information we've received. You know, I I hate. I literally hate hearing about a movie whether it was good or bad or what happens before I watch it because I build up expectations in my mind and then more often than not the movie lets me down. Interestingly enough as I was preparing this Jody and I are watching a a series on Netflix and she's figuring it out in her brain she's like I want to tell you I want to tell you I'm like don't tell me don't tell me because I know that it will it will ruin the, the show for me. We can have unrealistic expectations about about our job about ministry, about a season of life, anything, because of the hopes and dreams we have. I think expectations are a good thing. You know, when I come to to a worship service, I expect to hear from God, and that creates a hunger in me and a thirst in me. It can be a good thing, but if incorrectly pinned, they can trip us up, right? Expectations can trip us up. So what about my expectations of Jesus? This is always what I think of when I think about Palm Sunday because they had expected something of Jesus. Do I have the right kind of expectations? Are, are my expectations in line with Scripture? You know, Sometimes we think that if we're really good, Jesus will notice. If I pray hard enough if I pray long enough and I pray with enough faith that He'll answer and give me what I want. What are my expectations of Jesus in a season like this? Do do I expect him to come as a conquering ruler and and conquer COVID and deliver us all? Do I expect him to provide all of life's luxuries even though we're under the oppression rule of the virus? Do I expect him to do what I want him to do in this time? Let me take that even a step further. What are my expectations for the church in this time? What are, what are my expectations for pastors in this time? What are my expectations for my family in this time? What are my expectations for my government in this time? What are my expectations for my job and my workplace in this time? What are my expectations from my spouse, my kids? Now, our expectations might be spot on. They might be spot on. But maybe, like the people, we have the wrong expectations. Like nobody, when you think about Palm Sunday, you think about what was happening, nobody really knew at that time. Like nobody really had the right expectations of Jesus. I think if we were there, we would all probably jump the bandwagon, laid down some palm branches, took off our coat. I think it's safe to say that what we're experiencing right now in our world today is not what we expected. Three months ago, did we think that we would be here? Right, four months ago, five months ago, dude, when we looked at spring, when we looked at Easter time, were we thinking, oh, we're all going to be hunkered down, locked away, can't see each other, can't see family, laid off from work? Probably not. So that leads me to ask this kind of question, what can then I expect? What can I expect? What does Palm Sunday teach me to expect? And I really felt as I was looking at this, I felt this in, the, in my spirit, that God speak to me, that we can expect More. And what I mean by that is not what you think it means. I don't think more of the virus spreading. I don't think more of ill and more of you know, bad things to, to occur as we've been seeing already in 2020. You know, Jesus did way more than they expected, than they thought. They didn't know it, but His death and His resurrection did way more than any earthly throne or kingdom could do. He didn't conquer the Roman Empire or Roman rule, but he conquered death, right? He, he didn't build an empire, but he opened the door to eternal life. He did more on the road that Jesus suffered as he carried a cross, he carried his cross physically up the mountain, up the hill. An unexpected man experienced the unexpected. His name was Simon of Serene. It says in Mark chapter 15, verse 21, it says, A certain man... From Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way in from the country, and they forced him to carry the cross. So Jesus has just been beaten. He'd been whipped. His flesh was torn. He's physically carrying his cross, and as he's doing so, he's fallen under the weight of it all, and the soldiers grab this man from the crowd, and they force him to make him carry the cross of Jesus. Now, we don't know much about his life, We can speculate, and a lot of people have speculated, but we have no more information than what we have in the gospel accounts, and it's very, very little. But I think it's safe to say that when Simon showed up to town that day, he didn't expect any of this. right? Maybe he was traveling in for the festival, likely, he was there to, to celebrate, remember what God had done for the people of Israel. That's what the Passover was all about. A celebration of, of God delivering the Israelites thousands of years, generations before, out of Egypt, out of slavery. Maybe he was just passing by, right? Maybe he's on his way to the market, going to get himself some fresh eggs because they taste way, way better than store-bought eggs. You know, maybe he's going to get himself some nice, some nice dough. You know, who, who knows? But boom! All of a sudden, he, he, he's singled out, his day's thrown off, he's forced to carry a criminal's cross. I like, talk about emotional scarring. I like, talk about post-traumatic stress, right? He's got to carry a criminal's cross. He's, he's forced to carry someone else's weight that's not his to bear, but he has to do it. And that's a lesson just right there. Right? Sometimes we have to carry someone else's cross. Sometimes, unexpectedly, we carry somebody else's burden. And that's a little bit for me, that's a little bit of a picture of what the church is supposed to be. Like we're there for one another and sometimes we have to carry the weight for somebody else because somebody else can't do it. And that's what Simon teaches us. But that's not what he expected. Like imagine the emotions and the reactions that he could be having. Like surprise! Like this, why is this happening to me? This is this is ridiculous. This is, I just come to the market. I just want to get some fresh eggs. I just want to celebrate. Why is this happening to me? Maybe he's annoyed like, Oh, man, this messes with my plans, my dreams, my life. I had this planned out. Maybe he's embarrassed because he's, he's, he's in the center of attention as, as the busy crowds are hurling insults at what he believed was a criminal. Maybe he's reluctant. I can't do this. I can't do this. I haven't been working out. I've been trapped inside under quarantine. <laughs> like His experience may be different than ours, but the emotions and the reactions that he has could be very similar. Like when we're met with unfulfilled expectations or we're met with the unexpected, we can ask ourselves, why is this happening? you get got a job layoff, why is this happening? And you can't see your family and friends, why is this happening? You can really mess with your plans, right? This messes with my plans. I had, oh, I'm so annoyed by this. I had this, I was going to do this, I was going to do this. I had this plan for the summer. You know, some of you had some big plans for the summer, Right? Maybe for you, you're just like, I can't do this anymore. I can't, I got kids at home, the stress, the weight of it all, I can't, I can't handle it. Now, what he didn't know and what the crowds didn't realize is even though their expectations were off, without the cross, there's no resurrection. And without the resurrection, there's no eternal life. They couldn't see that because all they could see, and they didn't know, we have the story. But all they could see was their unfulfilled expectations. Maybe it was super inconvenient for Simon. Did he realize that he's carrying the Messiah's cross? Maybe it was the crowds on Palm Sunday. For them, it was the letdown. Right? They didn't see God's plan and the pain. They couldn't see the purpose and the suffering. They had lost sight of God and the muddiness of expectations. And that can be us. We can lose sight of God when our expectations are not fulfilled. But the unexpected result was death conquered. was resurrection was eternal life more than what they saw. And we have a lot of unmet expectations in life. We have a lot of unexpected happening right now all around us. So, what can I expect? What can I expect? The first, very clear, very simple, is I can expect the unexpected. I can expect to see and experience what I didn't expect. I like how James said it. He said that our life is just a mist, it's a vapor. We're here today, we're gone tomorrow. He's like, why are we boasting about tomorrow? Because we don't know what tomorrow will give us. I can expect the unexpected. The second is I can expect that my expectations of people, of my work, of my job, of my boss, of organizations, of the dreams I have, or the hopes, or the life may not be met. That's what I can expect. But in all that, I can expect God to do more than what I see or experience, right? Jesus did more than what the crowds thought. He did more than what Simon thought. So what do I do? I know what I can expect. What do I do? Very practical for you. Take an attitude of gratitude. I know it's a cheesy line, but it's easy to remember. Take an attitude of gratitude because thankfulness has a way of brightening all situations. All situations. Secondly is hope. Hope lifts you up. We have hope in Jesus, who defeated a greater enemy than COVID-19. We have hope in Jesus, who defeated a greater enemy than anything we will face on this side of life, and that is death. And so our hope is in Jesus, because He rose from the dead. So when we expect, or when the unexpected happens, or met by unfulfilled expectations, I and we recall to mind that Jesus is doing more than we know for our good, that Jesus conquered death, that he sits on the throne, that he is sovereign over all things, that he is in control, that he is still king, even though his kingdom looks different than what I thought. He is still king. What to do when I'm met with unmet or unfulfilled expectations or the unexpected? I take an attitude of gratitude. And I hope and remember what Jesus did and that He conquered death, that He's still the King of kings. You know, we're going to take communion in a moment. If you're new to this and new to church, new to Jesus, and you'd like to know more, just connect with us. Reach out. You know, I'd love to chat with you. I'd love to have a conversation. Uh, we've got many people in our community that would love to do that. Um, reach out to someone. Maybe you, someone invited you to watch this morning or tune in. You know, Ask them questions. Don't hesitate. Um, if you don't know Jesus and you want to know Jesus, we'd love to pray with you. Reach out to us. Send us a message. Um, tell us that you want to do that. Um, we just wanna we want to connect. Uh, but I want to pause and I want to remember what Jesus did with communion. Uh, communion was given to believers, given to the church, as a way of remembering. Um, so, if you have the communion elements, I just want you to—I want you to go grab them at this time. Um, I got mine here. I got a cracker and a little—a little cup here of, of juice. On 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 Palm Sunday, Jesus was um, entering the Passover festival. And the Passover festival was a way for the Jews, for the Israelite people, to remember what God had done generations before. See, the Israelites were um, slaves in Egypt, and they had cried out to be delivered. And so God had sent Moses and himself brought in, and he delivered the people out of slavery. But there's one specific plague that happened at the end where God delivered the Israelites also from that plague because they painted the doorposts of their home with blood. And so when the destroyer came in he destroyed all the firstborn, it, he passed over, the destroyer passed over each home that had the doorposts painted in blood. That's the Passover. Well, Jesus died on the Passover. And the blood that he shed covered all of our wrongs and all of our sins once and for all. And so we take the cup and we take the, the bread or we take the, the wafer, a cracker, and we remember his body given we take the we take the cup and we take the juice and we take um, we take that and remember his blood that was shed. And so I want to read us the scripture and I want us to take this morning so if you have the cup and you have the the bread I want you to take that it says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 Paul was giving instructions Paul's the an apostle and he was giving instructions to the church on how to remember. He says I pass along what I what I received it says, the Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, so during, after Palm Sunday, after Holy Week, the night that he'd sit down for the Passover meal, he was just about to be betrayed and rested. says, the Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread, and he had given thanks, and he broke it, and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So can you just bow your head? I want us to give thanks, and let, let us take together. Father, we just thank you for the gift that you've given us in Jesus' We thank you that you conquered death. And we just remember that you gave yourself for us this morning in Jesus' name. Would you take with me? It says this, goes on to say, verse 25, in the same way, after supper he took a cup. So when they took bread, it was a meal. They had a meal together. It says, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this is the cup of the new covenant, in my blood. No longer are sacrifices needed. No longer are the sacrificial system needed. But this is the covenant, in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. So thousands of years later, 2,000 years later, we're still remembering what Jesus did. So take the cup together. And then on verse 26, it says, For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. Would you bow your heads? I just want to pray, and then I'll close us out. Father, we just thank You for the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. We thank You for Your faithfulness. We thank You, God, for Your love. And we thank You that still today that cross is meaningful is powerful to cover our sins, to forgive us, And make a way for us to have eternal life. And so we remember this morning. We look to Palm Sunday. And we look to Simon of Serene. And God, even though in life we may be met with unfulfilled expectations. Or met with the unexpected. We can expect, Lord, that you're doing more than what we see or experience. Or especially in this time. We know that you're doing more than what we can see. So we trust you. We trust in you, God, because you conquered death. We trust in you because you rose from the dead. We trust in you because you are the creator and sustainer of all life. And we bless your name and we remember the sacrifice you made this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me say this and then I'm going to close you out. Jesus is still in control regardless of what you're experiencing or seeing right now. Regardless of your expectations being unmet. Jesus is still in control. He still sits on the throne. And Palm Sunday tells us that he is still king. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that this message brought you closer with Jesus and gave you a better understanding of your walk with him today. If you would like to know more about who we are as a church, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram, Parkway Dodge church